0: Welcome to the Healing Ninjas podcast, a space dedicated to highlighting the healing stories of everyday people. This podcast is not a replacement for professional support. This podcast may contain content that may be graphic, violent, or traumatic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. The goal of sharing these stories is to help you, the listener, hear how people have struggled in various ways and the steps they have taken to become healing ninjas, individuals who are seeking to master the art of healing. Healing is not a linear process. We all have our ups and downs. This podcast aims to create a brave space for people to share and learn from one another. I'm your host, Hernan Carvente Martinez. Welcome to the Healing Ninjas community. Hey everyone, it's Hernan here with episode two of the Healing Ninjas podcast. Uh, really excited to be joined uh, by my bro, uh, Darrell Washington, uh, who's currently in Illinois. Thank you, Darrell. I really appreciate you for coming on the show.
1: No problem. Thanks for
0: having me. Yeah, man. Like you know, one of the things that was—I uh, just want to be like disclaimer for the beginning, y'all—is when I was trying to get people to just sign up uh, to be a part of this podcast. Um, I was really trying to also just bring in the brothers out there that I have, my hermanos, and Darrell was one of the few to answer that call to action, and so I just want to honor him for that, for being willing to share his journey, his perspectives on healing, and as I sort of mentioned to you before, Darrell, I really want to give you the space and the floor to talk about what healing looks like for you, what your experiences have been like, and so... I'm just gonna lead off with that, you know. Can you share with everyone a little bit about you, some of the experiences that have shaped you and how those experiences have shaped your thinking around healing? Yeah. Um, thanks for inviting for inviting
1: me. I remember uh seeing your call, like asking for folks who wanted to join us and I was like, Man, like, you know, th- there's a lot of reflecting I've been doing lately. Since, especially like in this time with like COVID, mm. where we actually have this time to just sit amongst ourselves while the world is kind of going crazy. It's like I've, I've, I've just been thinking about where like the, the the privileged space that I I'm in now is like a PhD student at UChicago and like where I come from and kind of like how I got here. And I think Kalen has been um, a major part of that. But um, just to back up a little bit, so I'm um, I'm originally from the Bronx. I've um, lived in New York my entire life. Like, you know, um, this is actually the first time I've been in Chicago for about a year now that I've actually lived outside of New York. So um, totally no experience. Like, you know, I'm a city boy um, <laughs> through and through. So, you know, and um, I, 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 think, uh, I, I think I've think i had this conversation with you. I, I look at kind of like my healing journey in, in different facets. So I look mm. at like... Um, like a spiritual healing that I that I've gone through, um, I, I consider myself a very spiritual person. Also, like I, I grew up in a religious family, and I kind of have my my thoughts around and my beliefs around religion. But then I, I think, like me as a as a cis male, there's healing through that and, and mm-hmm. realizing that um, there may be a lot of harm that I've caused in the past with like my positionality as a man, and then. Um, just healing from letting kind of things go that I may have felt harm behind. So Mm -hmm. like, I I, I think about like, I have a six year old and I think about the relationship with me and his mom that kind of ended on like a bad note. And we're, we're in like a really great space now. And this has been like the first time since we, um, Just we split, and I want to say we split when my son was around, two, Like, just just turning two. like, we we split, and it was a lot, man. It was like, you know, going to court, and not going to court to try to take him away, but, like, going to court to fight for my rights. Hmm. Like, you know, as a father, to, like, make sure that I had time with my son that's kind of sketched out because us trying to do it alone wasn't really working. Right. But I'm one where it's like, you know, I had my dad. I was fortunate enough to have my dad growing up like my mom and my dad is still married. Um, So I grew up with both parents and my older brothers had children and are super invested in their children's lives. So that's always been embedded in my family. So uh, once I seen that, you know, our relationship wasn't going well, it was like, okay, I got to make sure that I'm protected. And I felt like I had to prove so hard like going through court <laughs> like i wanted yeah. to be a father who was invested in his son which was like crazy to me and a lot of the times even though it wasn't necessarily her fault like you know i resented her in, in that aspect where it's like why why is it automatically seen that you're, you're the best parent like you know for our son mm. or whatever and um you know so now we're in this space to where, like, we, we can talk all the time. I can text her. She can call me, you know. And, um, like, we're just, you know, doing the co-parent thing. And so I remember, like, sitting back, like, yo, where did the relationship go wrong? And not in a way to where, like, I feel like we should still be together in a romantic sense, but where did it go wrong to where, mm. like, we couldn't have conversations with each other. And maybe there were things that I could have understood more that she she did where she felt like she was trying to protect herself but i I felt like it was it was something that was aimed against me so you know that that's been like a big a big part and i'm in a relationship now like i'm engaged i've been engaged for a little over a year uh because of covid like i should be married now but um unfortunately like you know we're not I have I have the idea that I want to have like a, a really big wedding, so I'm like doing it the right way. So like you know we're um we're we're waiting for you know the world to get back to some kind of normal you know before um we move that way. And then so there's that relationship as well, like you know to where I have to have this relationship with like you know my son, his mom, and then like you know my fiance, and how that that looks. And there, there's a lot that I think comes with it um, you know, uh, but yeah, so that, that, that's kind of like one of the healing processes that I'm going through now. And I think when just thinking of healing, it, it, it's something that's a continual, a continual, I don't know if I want to call it a battle, but for me, it's a battle. Mm. I feel like, you know, it's, it's a lot of reflecting that goes into it. And I think one, one part about healing that, um, A lot of people don't maybe don't realize or don't want to kind of uh, come to truth. But is that like part of healing is realizing like where you were wrong, and not necessarily like you getting over being wrong. At the same time, it's like no, like we've we've man, I've, I've I've caused a lot of harm probably in my actions. Some that I know about, some that I don't know about, and even things that I realize that I see wrong, like in the world, it's like. Yo, these are things that I used to do, right? So, coming coming to grips with that has been like super beneficial, you know. And I appreciate you having this platform because oftentimes it's hard to to, to verbalize it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, especially if you don't feel like you're, you're you're in a safe space to verbalize. Like I feel like I can talk to my fiance about anything, but then it's like sometimes you want to talk about things where. There's no reaction from the other side. Like, I just need to get this out and, like, I need to sit with it. And a lot of people have problems sometimes hearing things and just letting that person sit with it. Like, you know, everything doesn't need a response. Sometimes once you get things out, like, that's a form of healing. Like, right now, like, I feel like the more and more words that I let out is, like, less pressure in a way because some things that I, I don't speak about You know, and it may not be that I can't trust the person, but it's kind of the fear of reaction. Like, are you going to judge me based on what I'm saying? Are you going to like not agree with me based on what I'm saying? And it's just finding those spaces to kind of get those things out, um, in a way that's healthy as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Darrell, you you've just shared so much in terms of just like the different struggles and challenges that I think any co-parent or parent in general might face at one point and so really want to just highlight the fact that that takes a lot just to be willing to share that to be talking about it and in a platform that you know others are going to hear it and I want people to really just I just want to highlight one something very important that Darrell said and and sort of mention it in two different iterations right there was a period during that where he was reflecting on where did it go wrong not from a place of How did this person mess up? But from a place of broad analysis of how things went wrong. And then he also just talked about how healing is sometimes just sitting with the fact that some of the stuff that you are doing, you are saying, you are feeling, is actively was causing some of the harm that you're actively either feeling and or that you're putting out to the world. And I think that that, Darrell, is at the very essence of also what healing looks like for different people. Right. And I, I, and I commend you, bro. Cause I, one of the things that we we share in common y'all is Darrell is a co-parent. I'm a co-parent and I just went through something similar to what Darrell went in terms of the dynamics of trying to learn how to be there for the mother of my daughter and honoring the harm that I caused. But you know, that's hard. And, and Darrell, mm-hmm. I, kudos to you, man, for wanting to unpack it, wanting to talk about it. And for people that are listening the healing piece, I think, you know, for cis men, right? Can you just like really share a little bit of like some of the emotions mm-hmm. or some of the stuff that you're feeling as you're talking about it, right? Because I just want other men, particularly cis men, men of color out there to listen and hear that from us, right? Like yeah. the, the heaviness of some of those emotions.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's so interesting. I got in like this um, debate. Actually, I don't even call it a debate. I'll say it was a borderline argument on Facebook today where two friends of mine, two former teammates, football teammates of mine, they don't believe in toxic masculinity, right? And I'm like, see, this is our problem, right? To where we believe that, like, when someone says, like, you're a problem and, like, they name it, like, you, you, you get so defensive, right? That, oh, there's no such thing as toxic masculinity. There's only toxic people. Like, that's not true. Like, you know, the fact that, like, I'm talking about how when I like growing up, and this isn't necessarily something that my father bestowed on me, this is just a world. Like men are taught like not to have emotions, not to show emotions, yes. not to be um quote unquote soft or whatever that means. And if you do show those show those traits that it's more feminine and not masculine, or telling women that women have to be like, you know, super conservative all the time and like they can't they can't embrace their sexuality or like you know, do anything provocative or that's not ladylike. And it's like, no, that's part of the problem that we're, you're trying to put everyone in these like siloed boxes and and check marks. And I feel like once I I got comfortable sitting with my emotions and expressing my emotions is when I felt the most like masculine in my life because yes. it's like, oh, I don't have to hide these things. Like, you know, I can sit and tell like my, my fiance, like you know, I'm feeling depressed. Like I'm feeling like, all this good stuff is going on in my life, but, like, none of it matters. And why I'm not happy that all this stuff is happening, trying to figure out, like, and talk through these things. And it took me a long time to even get there with her, and I feel like that's because of all of this previous conditioning. Mm. And for, like, any male who's listening, it's like, man, for anyone to tell you that, like, that that's a problem, because I think the worst thing to do is to bottle up your emotions, because when you finally let it out, you have no idea what that's going to look like, and sometimes that could be harmful, sometimes, like, you get caught in thoughts to where you want to harm yourself, because you feel like no one cares, no one wants to listen, and it's it's more so now, I just surround myself with, you know, it doesn't even have to be the most positive people, but, like, the most understanding people, like, you know, people who's not going to judge. And then not just people who won't judge me, but people who are free, who feel free enough to be themselves, mm. right? And that's one thing, like, you know, I don't jump on my son if he cries, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I also don't coddle him because I feel like you start to associate, like, oh, if I cry, I'm going to get this, right? And it's letting him learn from young, like, how do he, how, do, how can he work through his own emotions to a place to where he's healing himself? And I think that's, like, the biggest thing, like, you know, because it's like when, he grow, when, when when they're babies, they cry, you give them a bottle. When they cry, you see if they need to be changed. But sometimes, after a while, they know that crying leads to them getting something. But a lot of times, I just let him sit with it. I just sit and I watch him and make sure that he doesn't do anything to harm himself. But I let him figure it out, like, you know, and I think, um, I hope that that's going to help him grow as emotionally stable as he can.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the struggle of being a parent right We're, we want to teach our kids from the very early on how to make their own decisions and their own choices I have a you know a daughter who today turns 12 years old so I'm spending some time you know on her birthday um, recording yeah. these episodes but you know part of why I'm doing that is because it's it's really important that this narrative of healing is centered to her future and and the world that she's going to be growing up in and you know just to like, really elevate it and, and and couch it in something for men who are listening, right? Like, toxic masculinity is real. Like, we face it every day, you know? I know that, you know, Darrell, I don't know who your friends were, but, like, it's real, you know? They should hear this episode. And, like, the truth of the matter is that, you know, I I was I was in prison for four years and saw, like, a huge amount of it. I was, you know, in the community in a gang where I saw it again. Like, when I tell you that toxic masculinity is real, like... Darrell don't need no points. Like we got plenty of narratives to share yeah. to like show how it's real. Right. And, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but one of the things that you are also unpacking here a little bit that I think is really centered to the conversation of healing is that, you know, as men of color, we we do struggle with this ability to show emotions and your willingness to be able to say to to your your fiance that, you know, I'm feeling depressed or Just being able to hold space for your son to feel emotion but also even you talking about emotion in this very moment is is really important and so when people ask themselves you know especially maybe men out there who listen who will hear this episode or others in general right maybe just not even men but when they're asking themselves why should i lean into this process of healing why should i actively make it a priority like in reality, what does it do for me? You know, how would you answer that question for people who are questioning why even jumping into this is really important? Mm-hmm.
1: I think like healing, going through the healing process is probably one of the best things you can do for yourself. Like it's not necessarily for anyone else. Um, I think people will um benefit from it because like you'll ultimately become a better person. But I look at it as just like it's the way that you feel as you go through this process. It's like you think more clearly, like you can breathe. Like, I don't know if people ever feel like, like you just feel so sluggish sometimes, like you don't want to do anything. Like you can't, you can't think straight. Like you don't want to get up and like go for a walk. But I feel like as you go through, through this stuff, like you, it's, it's almost like someone going through like a weight loss challenge. Like you feel like the pounds are dropping off. You feel like, excuse me, better about life and have more energy to kind of like focus on things and I think also as you as you start to heal you you get to reflect and and confront some demons that you possibly had that you just never knew about because like now you're more open to a lot of things and I think it helps with relationships because then now it's like you can have a more open and honest conversation with people like you know I think about conversations that I have with my parents like that I probably want to have Five or ten years years ago, and not' necessarily you know that they did, but just my willingness and openness to like share things with certain people, like you know, and like even I think about kind of like how I said I was brought up in the church, right? Mm. i've I've never I've never resented my religion, but I've resented certain things because as I was young, me and my brother was forced to do everything. Like, nothing was our choice. It wasn't our choice to be ushers in the church or being like the youth choir or whatever. We weren't asked to do those things. We were mm. told to do those things. And I think once I started to be like really good in the sports and like I had games and stuff on the weekends, like I didn't mind that I was missing church because it was like I felt like going to church wasn't something that I made a decision for myself. Mm. But now, whenever I go, it's it's my choice whether I'm going. Anything that I do, if I get up and I speak, it's my choice to speak. And it's more of an enjoyable experience. Mm. And that's another part of healing where you feel like you have more control over things. Because that's one of the worst feelings is to feel like you don't have control over, like, your life or things that's going on. But when you feel like you have that control to make certain decisions, like, I would have never thought hang out i could be a vegan right like but i stopped eating meat right like i stopped eating meat. i still eat fish i can't get i can't give that up yeah but i stopped eating meat and like it's going on like four months and i've never like you know i grew up in a you know, my family, up Caribbean, I got Caribbean oh people God. in my family, like my parents is from down South, like so all of my best friends are like Hispanic. So like you can just imagine mm. the barbecues and the parties and everything like that. And I think having that strength to like, you know, black that stuff, that's another thing. Like there's a lot of stuff that I do now that I never thought I'd be able to do. But honestly, these these six months or, or so that where we've been in like this this is where we've had to sit, has been probably a lot of the, some of the strongest six months, mm. like, in my life to, like, sit in. There's been so much reflection. Like, I wake up every morning and I meditate for 30 minutes. I don't know if I have any meditators out there, but I meditate for 30 minutes, and I just sit in, whether it's, like, I get up and I sit on, like, a yoga mat, or, like, I just sit on the couch, or I just say, but I'm silent and I'm still for 30 minutes, and just in thought, and, you know, it helps me restart my day. Mm.
0: So, there, when you talk about some of those, you know, you started sort of already jumping into that piece around meditation or just leaning mm-hmm. into that process, right? What other tools for you, uh, bringing that identity back up of of as a cisgender man, you know? Because sometimes I think mm-hmm. you know people identify with meditation and are like, man, ain't nobody trying to sit around and you know legs mm-hmm. crossed and doing this whole yogi pose. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the last episode I recorded actively sort of said that, um, and, and mm-hmm. I just want to like, know, what does that look like for you, right? Like what does meditation look like for Darrell? Cause like there, yeah. I think, you know, I want to also destigmatize mm-hmm. the way that some of these healing practices look for different people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So with me it's Chance, I, I want to start off every day clear minded and so as clear as possible kind of thinking about what I have to do today, but making sure that there's, um, because like when you go to meetings or you're like, that's a job, like you're doing something that's kind of like planned or structured, but I want to make sure I give myself some time every day to reflect on either the previous day or if I'm reflecting on something from 10 years ago or whatever, but I want to give myself some time to kind of like look at myself where I'm at today, where do I want to be are there some things that I'm still holding on to, and it's not necessarily just sitting here. I go on walks as well. Like I'm, mm. I'm lucky enough, I live like right next to Lakeshore, so like I'm by a body of water. So like I'll walk like a small walk down the lake, down Lakeshore oh just, it, the Lakeshore, and just but it's best. just being, yeah, it's just oh. being in a way like you could sit with yourself, like, you know, and, and a lot of times we don't check ourselves, but like, check yourself, like, yo, like, what, what's some stuff I've been doing? Have I been picking up those old traits and things like that, you know? Um, but I think it's not necessarily like, you know, looking at it as like, oh, is this like some Buddhist thing or, or oh, whatever, whatever. It's literally like, um, meditation can be whatever you make it. You can listen to music and meditate, like and zone out to like the music you're listening to. But it's just being in a space to where you're reflective, or you can just clear your mind.
0: Yeah, thank you, Ralph, Because I think you know, as people listen to these episodes, I want them to understand that. You know, we're not talking about you don't have to meditate in place, right? Like you could actively practice Mm -hmm. walking meditation. You could actively, you know, just take the moment to just pause, take deep breaths and not even listen to meditation music in the background. You can just pause. And that in and of itself is already Mm -hmm. leaning into that practice. And so, you know, I want to I want to end off with this question for you, Darrell, right? When you think of resources and things that people should look into maybe particularly men, but also just people in general who are leaning into this process. Are there things that you specifically would point out as like things that we should be Mm -hmm. looking into more, but also as it relates to this healing journey, right? And we're trying to invite more people into this process, into these conversations. Are there any other gems or advice or, or tips that you would share Mm -hmm. with people out there who want to engage in healing, but, Maybe you're still afraid, mm-hmm. and and just need that little yeah. nudge or or gem to listen to.
1: I think you know we we we're all lunch, um we're all lucky enough to have access to the internet, so they can like you know you can look up things like healing circles for men and things like that. Like I think one big thing is having an accountability group to where you could just sit and talk with some people you trust, whether that's one person, whether that's two, three, four, five, but. I think open dialogue is so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's so like, uh, it's not appreciated enough, <laughs> like, mm. you know, to just sit in a space where you feel like you're not going to be judged or or whatever and just have conversation with folks. I think, man, like you're you're creating a platform that I think a lot of people are going to listen to and then that's going to that's gonna help them start their healing journey. So mm. encouraging folks to share their narrative you know, um, and I think th- those are the, the, the quick things that come to mind. Or just finding someone you could confide in. Like, hmm. you know, one thing I'm lucky besides like my family, like I'm here with my fiance, I could talk to her about anything. Like, you know, and she talks to me about things. And so I think like, you know, finding that person. And then if you don't have that person for some people, finding that within yourself, like, you know, like making your, li- really, literally making yourself a priority. As much as possible,
0: yes, one of the themes that is coming up really already um is this need to really honor yourself, your emotions, practicing those things that make you happy and that bring you to center and 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 these things are are you know I want to uplift these you know people have already been mentioning healing circles and and you know there's iterations of those that I will be sharing for sure. Um, through the Healing Ninjas platform, both on Instagram and the website, which is coming real soon. Um, and my goal is to have this episode and along with Darrell and others be, you know, accessible to people. And so please, please, Darrell, if like, you know, if there are other ways that people can support you, um Please do let me know um so that they can hear it. Here, are there ways that we can support some of the work that you're doing in in any capacity? Your studies, you know, if there's ways to you know maybe support you with donations. Like, what 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 can we do to support you as a human being?
1: I think uh, supporting me is for like everyone to like go through the healing process. Like that'd be dope, man. If we all go through that process, and 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 and. and would love first like before anything else and i think that'd be like the dope
0: thing. awesome thank you darrell. to support
1: this podcast
0: <laughs> yes go go follow healing then just y'all you heard um, <laughs> thank you so much darrell i really appreciate you um and just thank you so much for being a part of this
1: thanks man thanks for having me i appreciate
0: it thank you for tuning in be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And follow us at Healing Ninjas on all social media platforms. If you're interested in sharing your own story, we'd love to hear from you. Go to www.healingninjas.org and sign up to be featured. We look forward to sharing your journey next.